We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ready, down, put, 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 put. This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming. Providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast presented to you by Blue Wire Podcast. We are still stuck here in the offseason. Another week has gone by of free agency and another week closer to the 2021 NFL Draft. Today we have a loaded show for you as I'm joined by my normal co-host, Aaron Lemming. But in addition to him, I'm also joined by host of the Picks for Pace podcast here on the Bear Report Radio Network, uh, Usaid Koshal and Andrew Freeman. We're going to do a little bit of a roundtable on the Bears in terms of free agency, the moves they've made so far, and kind of what it means going into the draft um, and give you a little bit of a preview and our thoughts of, of how we think the Bears are going to do. Before we get into all that, though, let me bring on the guys. Aaron, how are you doing, man? I am here. It's getting closer to the draft, thank God, because as we know, free agency is done, man. It's just, it's, I always forget. I don't, and it's probably the same thing with you. I always forget every year. It's like, dude, this thing's over within pretty much the first weekend that it starts. Yep. Yep. And we're, we're kind of in that point of free agency where it's like, tier five and six and, and, and whatever. There's like a sprinkle of a signing here and there. Like the Raiders made, you know, an extension to uh, Colton Miller today. And it was kind of like, that's been the big signing here over the past couple of days, but that's kind of the stage we're in. And now we're here going into the draft, going into April as we record this here on Tuesday. But, you know, talking to two guys here, Andrew and you said, you guys got to be pretty excited that free agency is getting over because now it's just all, you know, pretty much draft talk. Oh man, I, I can't wait. Uh, it it feels weird that we're like 
a month away from the draft. You know, we're tr- we're trying to uh, quickly get as many of our position previews done as possible for anyone that's been following the Picks for Pace podcast. But yeah, I mean, free agency it's just it's kind of boring right now, which kind of sucks <laughs> as a football fan. So you just want to get to the draft as fast as possible. So. Hopefully, uh, pro days can keep us busy here. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be very slow, uh, Bears news wise, uh, just in the NFL in general. But hopefully, uh, when the draft rolls around, that's when the that's when the fun's going to kick in again. Yeah, I'm excited because it's just like this year didn't feel like a true free agency because like you're supposed to have like your second and third wave and then whatever your fourth wave too. Didn't really seem like there was much of that this year because teams have like revenue issues and there's still a lot of serviceable vets out there like Mitchell Schwartz, for example, that a team could sign because he's got a little something left in the tank. But didn't see that this year, right? So finally looking forward to the draft because no one knows what's going to happen with the Bears. And I'm actually excited for the draft this year because they have a first-round pick. Yeah, first time they've had a first-round pick in a couple of years. And before we get into the free agency stuff, um, you know, I, we say that we don't know what the Bears are going to do. I am also now guaranteeing the Bears are definitely taking a quarterback just because of these damn pro day visits and the resources they've kind of put into looking for a quarterback. Sending Bill Lazor, sending John Filippo, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy over the past couple of days. And we saw it early on with, you know, Davis Mills out in Stanford. The Bears sent um, Flip out there to, to talk to him and see him. And then the news kind of comes out that, the Bears have, you know, talked to Mac Jones over the phone for at least an hour in recent days. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy went to the pro day today in Alabama, which to me, Jones did not look great out there, um, at least compared to Justin Fields. They did send Champ Kelly and another scout out to Ohio State. And then also they had John D. Filippo and two more scouts out at Texas A&M to watch Kellen Mond. So I expect that they'll probably be at Florida's pro day tomorrow to see Kyle Trask. Um, I'll probably be interested in Jamie Newman. They're definitely going to take a quarterback. The problem is if they don't trade up and kind of mortgage the future a little bit, they're going to be stuck with one of these options on day two or day three um, because we've seen trades now since the last time you and I recorded, Aaron. We've seen um, uh, two big trades on the same day, literally like 10 minutes apart, that now the San Francisco 49ers are number three and the Miami Dolphins fell back and then kind of went back into that that top 10 to move in with a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's going to be kind of uh, interesting to see, but I I do think the Bears are going to be stuck with a day two or day three option. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I I thought everybody was overreacting when, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be five quarterbacks going to the top 10. I think that's a real possibility now because, like you pointed out with the trade, I mean, you you know at this point in time, and this is my theory, and I feel like it's a pretty solid one at this point, obviously we know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. And I think at this point in time, even though the Jets have continued to say they don't know what they're going to do, blah, 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 they're taking a quarterback. It's probably going to be Zach Wilson, which breaks my heart, but here we are. And then obviously San Francisco doesn't trade up to three and do what they just did to not take a quarterback. So we know quarterbacks are going one, two, and three. In some way, shape, or form, quarterbacks, even if even if the Jets bail last minute and say we're going with Sam Darnold, we know that there's going to be a pick at quarterback at number two. I mean, there's just no way around it. So all of a sudden that lines up a situation, like you pointed out, where you've got quarterbacks going one, two, and three. What's to say, okay, you know, what's to say that a quarterback's not going to go four? Maybe that pick at four 
doesn't, you know, it's just one of those situations where I think one way or another, there's going to be another quarterback there. Now, I think the bigger question that, you know, obviously we're going to have to see answered once the draft rolls around is going to be who are going to be those top four quarterbacks that go? Because there's been a lot of smoke right now that Mac Jones could be that third quarterback uh, going to San Francisco. I, man, I, I don't know. I, I, (laughs) I, I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan to begin with. I think, you know, in, in any other draft class, I don't think you take him um, in the first round. I don't think you take him in the first round in this draft class. Whatever, it is what it is. But to take him over, uh, you know, Trey Lance and, and, and Justin Fields just seems crazy. But it, it would benefit the Bears because if you have that kind of situation, let's just say there's that one quarterback, I would guess Justin Fields at this point, that would be floating around as a fifth quarterback maybe the Bears are able to mortgage some of that future and trade up into the top 10. I don't know, man. It's just one of those situations, like you pointed out, I think the Bears are going to take a quarterback because you cannot sell this quarterback room of Andy Dalton and Nick Foles right now. But at the same time, it's also one of those situations where let's just say that they don't get one of those top five quarterbacks and you're looking at the second or third round. We could be looking at a similar situation like we've seen with the Bears where Ryan Pace is going to lock on to a position of need like quarterback or last year like Cole Komet when they could have had a better talent and they're going to lock on in the second or third round go with one of those guys and they're going to end up passing up an offensive weapon or even a corner. So that's kind of my biggest concern. I'm not as usually generally as high taking quarterbacks and, you know, in the second round and, and beyond. But at this point, I think the bears are kind of back themselves into a corner with, you know, barring a trade, they're probably going to end up having to take one of those quarterbacks, whether it's Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, uh, Davis Mills. I mean, kind of, you know, all those guys that they're kind of scouting right now. I mean, those are probably going to be the guys that are going to be in the wheelhouse. Yeah, those, that's pretty much going to be their option unless they can find a way to get into you know, that top six or seven. And I think, you know, with Miami trading up to number six, they're probably still backing to, I maybe want to go find a weapon for him, you know, someone like Kyle Pitts. Um, Realistically, I mean, the only teams that are in there that you could trade for um, or trade with would be Atlanta and maybe Dallas. I don't think Cincinnati is going to move their pick. They want to get some protection for Joe Burrow or another offensive playmaker. You said you actually did an article on this today. What kind of were your thoughts on the Bears now, if they want to get a top-tier quarterback or one of these top five guys moving into the top ten, is pretty much their only option. Yeah, and you mentioned Atlanta. Now, Matt Ryan's got a dead cap hit of, I think, like $64.5 million in 2021, and then that decreases to – Forty and a half million in 2022. So ultimately, like, if the Bears are going to make a trade, then you're going to have to do it with the Falcons if they want to have a chance at some of these top quarterbacks. But then also you look at it, I mean, Cincinnati and Miami, they're two teams that have young quarterbacks. So like you mentioned, they're not going to be moving out. Detroit, yeah, they've committed to Jared Goff. But then again, it's just like, would Brad Holmes, the new Lions GM, would he really be want to make an intra-division trade especially knowing that he could have to face a quarterback for the next couple of years and then you have Carolina and Denver now those two teams are interesting because they have serviceable starters at the quarterback position but ultimately they don't have like necessarily a long-term option yet because Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be the future in Carolina they could take a quarterback right and then you have the Broncos as well like okay they have Drew Locke they invested a second round pick in Dan a couple of years ago he hasn't lived up to expectations. And then there's rumors that the Broncos were possibly going to trade for a veteran like Nick Foles or a younger guy like Gardner Minshew to come in and kind of push Drew Locke and create some competition. But they've seemingly stood pat. I mean, whenever I look at Broncos news, it just doesn't – the GM George Patton, I think, was actually at the Ohio State Pro Day today. And then you look at Dallas 10th overall, right? 
where, yeah, they brought back Dak Prescott, and the, the Cowboys could theoretically be the best-case scenario trade partner for the Bears right now. But overall, you just look at the top 10, you realize you have teams that want to build around their young quarterbacks, and then you look at teams that do need young quarterbacks, right? And so the Bears' options here just overall are really limited, you know, and they're picking at 20th overall. So you look at it, how many – you can't really guarantee that you're going to move up to, like – 12 or 13 or even 14, for example, just move up a couple spots and then really grab one of these guys. Because outside the top 10, the Bears' options at QB are going to be more limited than than most think. And then, uh, Andrew, if you had any thoughts before he went into free agency. Yeah, well, going off of what you say was saying, that's not even mentioning other teams that will probably want to trade up for a quarterback such as you know, New England might be involved with that, although it appears they might be committed to Cam Newton for another year. Or Washington, you don't you don't know what their plan is at quarterback. They could look to trade up for a quarterback as well. So, uh, yeah, if, if I'm the Bears right now looking at this thing, unless you can somehow swing a deal for for Russell Wilson, I find it highly unlikely that they'd be able to uh, find a way to trade up for a quarterback at this point, especially in the top ten. I just if I'm them, unless I can somehow get a miracle trade for Russell Wilson here, which probably isn't going to happen at this point uh, if we're being realistic here. Um, I would just stay out of the first-round quarterback derby altogether unless we see a historic fall from from one of these guys. They would have to take an historic fall for the, the Bears to be involved with that. And, you know, you look at the Bears here, there are other needs on this roster that need to be addressed. You know, you need to get a long-term solution at tackle because uh, they don't have a tackle under contracts after 2021. So you need to get a long-term solution at tackle ideally in the first round there. Cornerback uh, is now a huge need, huge need with the release of Kyle, release Kyle Fuller there. So, you know, this is a pretty deep cornerback class. Uh, they could use another wide receiver, especially one with speed. Now, this is a pretty deep wide receiver class, so maybe they can wait a little bit on that. But, uh, you know, they, they need to address some other areas here first. So if, if I'm them, you know, I look to stay in the first round, maybe go get a tackle um, to protect whatever quarterback you get in the future. And here's the thing, and we like to give a lot of Bears fans like crap on the guy, but, you know, Andy Dalton is a decent enough stopgap option at quarterback, I and mean, you don't have to like the signing as a whole, but for a one-year deal, he's not the worst option in the world. I think you can survive with Andy Dalton for a year at quarterback, so it would make sense to get the best tackle available in the first round, maybe try to trade back in the second round, get some additional draft capital um, there, um, get a weapon, get a cornerback, maybe take a chance on a quarterback on, you know, in the third round, early fourth round, if you can trade back into there. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, it, the likelihood of going and being aggressive for a quarterback in the first round, I just don't think it's there for the Bears, and there are other needs in this roster uh, that they need to address as well. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and we'll kind of get into that here with the free agency. Uh, before we move into that stuff, um, though we need to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle here. Um, this is the Bear Report Podcast, and we're back now to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods, and there's no better place to do that and, and get started than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take the podcast to the next level. As part of the program, you'll receive personal art cover Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and e-learning course full of tips and tricks on top of that we'll give you your own show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other major podcasting 
podcasting listening platforms. Best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site out there that would charge you just after your initial setup. You'd be saving some money here and getting going with a good company. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or you know all of us here on the podcast, talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, please go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode and find out more. All right, guys, let's get into this free agency roundtable. As I said, we're kind of just past, you know, tiers two and three here of uh, free agency. And obviously the most notable move was Andy Dalton. And kind of like Andrew said, and, you know, you really don't have to like the move. It's also not Andy Dalton's fault. There's a lot of hate going around, a lot of people upset. Um, It's not Andy Dalton's fault. The Bears took a big swing on Russell Wilson from all we know. It didn't work out. They're stuck with Andy Dalton. And, you know, just to get your guys' kind of thoughts early on, we haven't seen Dalton hit the field yet, but kind of, uh, you know, what are your thoughts with the signing? And we'll let you say go first. I mean, I wasn't surprised the signing happened, partly because – I mean, Biggs is Brad Biggs is one of the most accurate guys on the Bears beat, and when he tweets something, I'm like, okay, there's something kind of brewing here. But I think what essentially happened is this, right? Is the Bears knew that they need to do something at quarterback. They knew that they couldn't wait all the way to the draft because, again, if you're trading up for a QB in the draft, you're sacrificing a 2022 first round pick as well to even get in range to trade for one. So they knew they had to do something. They knew they simply couldn't go into the season with just Nick Foles and a rookie. So you bring in a guy that's worked with Bill Lazor before, and I actually kind of like the addition just because if the Bears are going to run the Bill Lazor offense more, I mean, let's be honest, that's what contributed to the Bears kind of having that mini win streak at the end of the season. Ultimately, when you look at it, you know, it's just going to be a much more balanced offense. Now, Dalton's never going to be the kind of guy that's going to win you games. But what he will do is at least be serviceable enough because we've seen it throughout his career. Like he's, I'm sure he's, I don't think Andy Dalton's ever won a playoff game, but he's been good enough to keep some teams afloat. And so this is ultimately what it is here is they knew they weren't going to get anything better. So you go with the next best, op, next best option, which is just someone who's going to keep you afloat. Andrew, if you want to offer your thoughts. Yeah, like, like I said before, Andy Dalton, you know, he's, he's fine. You know, Andy Dolan, he's probably in that range of you know, 25th or so, best quarterback in the league. Ideally, you'd like him as your backup, but he's definitely a serv- serviceable starter. And, you know, on the question of when you look at where he is, you know, in relation to what the Bears have had at quarterback over the last few years, I mean, Andy Dolan, I've, I've gone back and I've watched um, some film of him in preparation of a project I'm working on. Hopefully, spoiler alert, it'll be ready within the next week or so, but we'll see on that. But um, you know, I, I think he is an upgrade over what they've had in the in the past three to four years with Trubisky, Foles, Daniel, all all, the, all those guys there. Um, is he anything spectacular? No, I, I think he's pretty much a reflection of your surroundings, basically. So if you have good weapons around him to throw to, he can put up some some good numbers. If you give him protection, you know, he can do some things in the pocket for you. He can make plays uh, with his feet once in a while. So. Again, he's a reflection of the offense around him. So this is a good test for, you know, Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, what they can con- concoct on offense, you know, if they can get some more weapons in the draft for him. I think that could help a little bit in terms of getting this offense, you know, to a somewhat decent level in terms of just being able to pack at least. I think Andy Elton could certainly get you there. 
as a quarterback in terms of your floor. Um, but yeah, he, you look at his contract. Yeah, they're pushing some money into the future, but it's not a significant amount in my opinion. So it doesn't hurt them long term. He's a solid quarterback. Um, it doesn't impact any of their plans in terms of going to trade for a quarterback in the future or going to draft a guy in the in the draft, obviously. So Andy Dolan, just to sum things up here quickly, I, I think he's a slight upgrade. I'm, it's underwhelming, but, you know, the Bears can do certainly a lot worse. And, you know, I, you know Bears Twitter melted down when the first – when we first saw this the signing happen, which I mean, understandably so. I mean, you're you're going so high off the fact that you know, oh, Russell Wilson. You know, the rumors for a few weeks now were just Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Uh, didn't turn out that way, unfortunately. And I think a lot of the anger was because of that, just the frustration. Oh, we like we thought we were getting Russell Wilson, instead we're getting Andy Dalton. Like that sucks, you know. So Andy Dalton again, he's fine. Um, you know, and again, he's a good fit with what they want to do offensively. A lot of shotgun, a lot of RPOs, a lot of short, quick passing game. Um, and, and, you know, I think he uh, should be fine and serviceable for what they have in 2021. And to me, it, it's it's just one of those things where it's expectation versus reality, right? Where, again, like Andrew just pointed out, I mean, the, the, all the talk this entire offseason was – you know, centered around better quarterbacks, whether that was a reclamation project and a guy like Carson Wentz, who at least had some success back in his past, or, you know, whether it was Deshaun Watson for a little bit or Russell Wilson there towards the end, a lot of it came down to one simple fact. And that's the fact that the Bears didn't have a ton of resources coming into this offseason. We all know that, uh, Zach, I mean, you and I have talked about that extensively on this podcast ranging back into January. But the the issue is, is you look at what they have, you look at what they've done, and then you look at what, the improvements that they've made. I, I don't really think they've made any, um, especially when you're looking on the offensive side of the ball and what they needed to do. And the reality was they needed – a good quarterback. And again, not, not to say Andy Dalton's a terrible quarterback. I really, I mean, like Andrew said, he's probably better than what they've had over the last four years, realistically. Um, but at the same time, I think most of us know that they needed more. And I think that's where a lot of the, you know, I guess you could call it misplaced anger. I mean, I was one of those people. It's not that I have anything against Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton is better than what they had, but I think we can also look at this roster and we can look at the, the you know just overall trajectory of how this team has trended over the last few years after their window opened in 2018 and everybody thought Trubisky was the guy and they go out and they trade for Cleo Mack and they give up all these resources they tie up all this money into them and then all of a sudden you're starting to realize they still don't have a quarterback and now you've got a situation in Allen Robinson where he's playing on the tag um, hopefully they can get something done before July but at this point I don't think any of us are really over, overly optimistic that that's going to happen so again you start looking at it the defense is aging you've got you know minimal weapons on offense you need offensive improvement the biggest and best way to get, get that done is through the quarterback position and really when you land Andy Dalton like that I mean I, I think it's just a big gut shot really again I think it comes down to expectations versus we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And while it was always a big stretch for the Bears or, you know, a big stretch knowing that the Bears could, you know, possibly make that big splash move at the quarterback position, whether that was trading up in the draft, which I guess could still happen, or a guy like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, the reality came that the Bears really still aren't that good of a football team. They made a marginal improvement at the quarterback position. And unfortunately, we're going to see the same thing on repeat that we've seen over the last few years where their defense is still going to be solid. They've got a pretty solid roster. They've got better depth now. But how big of a step can their offense take? And right now, I'm not overly optimistic that their offense is going to go from bottom 10 in the league to all of a sudden even, you know, top 15. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Middle of the pack. Well, and that's kind of my thing, too. And, you know, today on Twitter, I made a joke. Um, there was a tweet that said the Bears are going to go 8-8-1 eight, eight, next season due to the 17-game schedule. And I was like, yeah, that'll get them number seven in the playoffs. And, and people were upset, you know, saying how they're kind of tired of this mediocre reporting and all this, and the team, you know, going to playoffs with the reporters making fun of it. Being the seventh seed every single year really doesn't do much because I look at this offseason – where did the Bears really get better at on both sides of the football? There's minimal positions that they actually got better at, and I'd argue that there's more that they actually got worse at. Quarterback, I don't know. I mean, sure, they might have got a, just a tad bit better with Andy Dalton over Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, but it's not like they're, they're automatically taking that next step and going to be now you know, in contention to win in the NFC North. Could Andy Dalton light it up and, you know, Take the Bears to the playoffs, sure, changes things have happened. I just don't see the long-term outlook of this future getting better. Um, you know, now if they find a steal in the NFL draft, sure, I'd, I'd feel a lot better about that. But I just I, – I don't – I'm not very confident. Nothing is giving me confidence in Ryan Pace to um, essentially do that. So I guess that kind of segues me into my next question here. Looking at all these moves that the Bears have made – um, in your guys' eyes, have the Bears actually gotten better for next season here in free agency? Have they gotten worse? Have they just kind of stayed still? Um, Andrew, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I think right now they're just treading water. I, I, I don't think they're any better or any worse than what they were last year. You know, Aaron alluded to this. They're, they've improved on some of their depth, uh, especially in the offensive line. I think uh, the, the addition of Wilkinson, uh, is fine. it's a fine addition, um, getting a versatile uh, guard tackle, um, you know, that helps out a little bit. I thought they were able to uh, help themselves out a little bit, you know, with the release of Kyle Fuller, you know, Desmond Trufant, 
obviously worry about his injury history and age, but he's a solid player uh, when healthy. Um, and I think you can scratch out his year last year. Everyone looks bad in the Matt Patricia defense. So I would just kick out, <laughs> kick out his 2020 season if you're looking to evaluate him. But um, yeah, to me, they haven't gotten any better, or any worse. If they're going to make any improvement this offseason, it's going to have to come in the draft. They're going to need them to have another uh, impact draft class like they had uh, last year because, I mean, look at what they had last year. Jalen Johnson, yeah, he, he finished the year unhealthy with the shoulder, obviously, and that's a bit of a concern going into the future here. But, I mean, getting a solid starting cornerback, getting a weapon like Darnell Mooney in the passing game at wide receiver was a huge get for their offense as a whole. And then Cole Komet, I mean, did some things near the end of the year. So with more draft capital this year, they're going to need a hit on some of these draft picks, and that's where I think they're going to get the most improvement uh, this offseason. So it really, it really comes down to that. Uh, you say if you want to go. Just piggybacking off of Andrew's answer, I mean, I agree there. They're treading water because it's just like they've gotten better at some spots like – Offensive line depth, I thought, was a weakness for the Bears last year. I mean, they have a couple of guys on the roster, like Mustafa and Alex Spars, that you're like, okay, hopefully they can emerge or develop into something just at least serviceable or just good enough, right? You don't need them to be, like, all pros or something like that. But then also you look at the defensive side of the ball. I mean, look, the Bears lost Kyle Fuller, or they moved on from Kyle Fuller. You know, that's a big loss right there because this is someone that, again, was – essentially one of your core players, right? And he's one of the few guys from like the Tressman and Embry days that actually survived the mass roster purge that we saw take place from like 2015 to 2017 under Ryan Pace. And so it's just like the Bears have kind of tread water. Now moving forward here, right? I mean, you have one more prime opportunity to add talent to your roster, which again, is the NFL draft. And I think like for a team that did not have a first round pick in 2020, they didn't have a first round pick in 2019. The Bears drafted pretty well in 2020 and now the question is going to be this right is it's just like do you trade away all your draft capital this off here in april to kind of move up for the quarterback and just make the one splash move or do you decide to go and say you know what we would rather build up other parts of the roster and use like the eight um eight uh draft picks that we have for just filling out the rest of the roster the rest of the needs and then kick the can down the road at QB and hopefully take a shot at a guy like Sam Howell so really for the Bears this year it's just like the needle kind of stayed stagnant in terms of how much better they re- or in terms of did the roster really improve or not again it's just like they made some nice additions that were depth signings but overall it's just like they couldn't afford to make a splash move so they didn't do so, and so now your big moves are going to come in the draft, whatever the case may be. And I guess I'm going to be the the, the negative one here. I, I I think they've gotten worse, and I, I think when you when you consider, just look at their division. I mean, just look at what they did last year against the Packers, and that's because really that's kind of the bar right now, right? The Packers are probably the best team in the NFC. Uh, well, I guess maybe not because I mean Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl, but they're at least the best team in the NFC North right now. And you're you're, you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, what have the Bears done to gain any ground on Green Bay? And I don't think they've done anything. And then you look at a team like Minnesota, who really they did last year what the Bears should have done last year and this year, and that's basically selling off some of these you know the older vets, the high price vets, and getting just getting rid of it and and, and really starting to retool and kind of get your cap situation back in a spot where you can match your cap situation with your with your draft capital. And the Bears haven't done that. And, you know, you look at it, you look at the defense side of the ball, they lose Roy Robertson-Harris, okay, whatever, you know, you end up keeping Mario Edwards Jr., you end up signing Angelo Blackson, you're going to get back Eddie Goldman, whatever. 
But then you start looking around this roster. Everybody's getting a year older, obviously, you know, that, that's kind of one of those obvious statements, but it, it kind of plays in because you're looking at a guy like Akeem Hicks gets a year older, a guy like Khalil Mack gets a year, a year older. Uh, they still don't have a starting strong safety right now because, frankly, I'm not comfortable with Deion Bush. And then, of course, you know, the, the big elf in the room is, is releasing Kyle Fuller. And, again, I will never understand why they chose to keep Akeem Hicks over Kyle Fuller when the difference was actually $500,000 in terms of actual cap hit and, and something that they could have saved versus what they did. And that just, to me, that doesn't make any sense because you're still going to be relying on this defense because unless Russell Wilson comes walking through the door, you're, you're, you're still in a really bad spot offensively. So in my mind, the defense got worse and you move over to the offensive side of the ball. And yes, their depth got better on the offensive line. But when you look at it, they cut Bobby Massey. What have they done to replace him? They they basically what quadrupled um, Jermaine Effetti's pay, and they've added a little bit more depth there, but they, they still don't have a quality starting right tackle. There's still a lot of questions on the offensive line. I mean, okay, Sam Ussifer looked pretty solid. Alex Bars had some good performances. Okay, cool. You know, you're getting back James Daniels. But at the same time, you're still looking at it, and a lot of the issues on the offensive line that were kind of here and there throughout the season are still there. There's been no improvements. And again, you look at just look at the receivers. Okay, you got Darnell Mooney, you got Allen Robinson who's playing on a tag. He's pissed off. Then after that, what? You, you're looking to trade Anthony Miller right now. You've got Javon Wims, and God knows that he's about as useful as a as a fifth or sixth receiver at this point. You've got no depth behind him. You're keeping Jimmy Graham on the roster with a $10 million cap hit when you can save seven of that. And obviously the quarterback's position. I it just, you know, it's one of those things, yes, I understand they still have, you know, a solid draft capital right now. But as, you know, as others have pointed out within the podcast, if you trade for a guy like Russell Wilson or if you trade up for a quarterback, all of a sudden those three picks that you're counting on to be able to get some offensive help, to be able to replace you know, the depth at corner, because here's the thing, Marcus Trufant hasn't been healthy in two years, and really he hasn't been that good when he's played. So you start looking there and you're saying, okay, so let's just say they land that quarterback, whether it's a trade-up, whatever it's going to be, it's going to cost them draft picks. So all of a sudden – you're, you're looking at a position where, okay, so you're not going to add anything at receiver. You're not going to add anything on the offensive line. Are you going to roll with Jermaine Effetti and Alex Bars and maybe and Wilkinson as is, is, is guys that you're going to trot out there as right tackle competition? Is that any better than Bobby Massey? And, again, where are you going to improve at tight end? So when I'm looking at it, again, there was a clear objective moving into this offseason that you wanted to try to maintain things as much as you could on the defensive side of the ball, knowing that the defense hasn't been as good since 2018, but still good enough to be able to get you into the playoffs and do some damage with the focus being on the offensive side of the ball. Well, so far they've made a marginal improvement at quarterback. They've cut the right tackle. They have better depth, but they don't have a starting right tackle. They've made no other changes on the offensive line. They've added no other offensive weapons. And now you're faced with a situation where you either trade the future for a quarterback, whether that's a draft pick, whether that's Russell Wilson, whatever it may be, or you go out and you try to build around them. And again, it's just one of those, they're stuck in the mud. So even if they are close to the same, when you're looking at the rest of the division with the Packers, I'm not going to count the Lions because the Lions are going to be bad for a while. And that's, you know, that is what it is at this point. But even with Minnesota, Minnesota is quite a bit better than they were. And I think they're going to get even better in the draft you're starting to look at it and it's like, okay, so even if the bears remain the same, you know, whatever that may be, they're still losing ground on the, the one team that was far in front of them. And then another team that was right there in the mix with them towards the end of the season. So again, I, 
I just look at it, I hate to be that negative person, but I, I think the Bears objectively have gotten worse with their roster. And I think within the standing of looking at a playoff spot, whether that's a seventh seed, whatever that may be, or just within their division as a whole, they've also lost ground. You know, and I agree with you, Aaron, because I look at the Packers' moves, and, you know, they haven't gone out there and got that big wide receiver just yet. Um, some thought they'd be in the running, you know, for Will Fuller, um, maybe even Chris Godwin if he was out there, Kenny Galladay. And they, they signed Aaron Jones to a pretty reasonable deal. They lost a starting offensive lineman. And it's like, okay, but that really honestly doesn't matter because the Bears haven't really done anything to push the needle either. And kind of to your point of the Lions and Vikings, I do think the Vikings are going to be better. But thankfully for the Bears that the Lions and Vikings were, you know, so bad last year that the Bears aren't being, you know, mentioned or should be mentioned as the third or fourth worst team in the division. They're they're going to be mentioned as the second best. But that's not really saying a lot because they haven't really closed the gap on Green Bay. Now, the draft could change a lot of things here. You know, it could help them close the gap and depending on what happens. But nothing this offseason has given me any um, indication or any good feeling that, oh, hey, maybe the Bears actually will be a lot better next season and can actually close the gap um, on the Packers. And leading into my next question, um, and I'll let you answer this one first, Andrew. What was your favorite signing of, of free agency, and what was your least favorite signing that the Bears made of free agency? So, uh, tough one. I'd say my favorite is uh, Jeremiah Atsuwachu, uh, the edge rusher they got from Denver. He's kind of been a guy that I've been keeping on my radar over the last few years as a death pizza sign. You know, Marquise Mingo was a solid player, a solid find for the Bears last year. But I just think Atsuwachu brings a lot more as a pass rusher uh, than Mingo. You know, while Mingo brings a little bit more as an overall linebacker, you know, dropping back in coverage. Uh, do some different things there, uh, special teams especially. Atuachu uh, has a little bit more juice as a pass rusher, so I think they're gonna they're gonna see a, quite a bit of an upgrade in that department. You know, assuming hopefully, um, you know, Quinn can get back to some kind of form that we saw of him before the Bears signed him. That would be that would be huge for that pass rush, uh, but I'm not counting on it. So Atuachu is probably my favorite signing uh, just to help them out there. My least favorite, uh, I'll probably have to go with Angelo Blackson. Uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, and you know, looking at the deal itself, it's not like uh, a deal breaker or anything. It's not going to hurt the Bears at all going to the future. But you know, you look at some of the other defensive linemen. I thought there were other defensive linemen that were better than Angelo Blackson on the market that they could have gotten for about the same value. You know, I, I just I went back and watched him a little bit just to get a feel for his game, and didn't come away too impressed other other than a few uh, splash plays here and there. So maybe they see something in him. Uh, that they can try to develop out of them uh, with their coaching staff here, uh, bringing in uh, Chris Rump here to be the defensive line coach. But um, I guess that would probably be my least favorite signing. But, you know, overall, I wouldn't say they've made any bad signings, so to speak, because they've all been, uh, you know, low-cost, short-term deal um, contracts for, you know, death pieces and, and guys that are going to, you know, be role players for this team. So that'd probably be the worst one, in my opinion, just from the aspect of I thought they could have gotten value elsewhere. So piggybacking off Andrew here, I mean, my favorite signing was, I'd agree with Andrew, the Jeremiah Atsuachu signing. I think, like, you know, you don't know what you have in Travis Gibson because he played a limited number of snaps. So you add a third pass rusher, especially with Robert Quinn's foot being 
a total mystery. No one knows like what's going to happen with that. Really, how healthy is he going to be? So you got some depth at pass rusher that I thought the Bears really needed in 2020, right? And Atuachu has been a solid pro player in this league. I mean, he's got 20 and a half sacks over like an eight-year period, which again is not going to jump off the page. But for a guy who's been a rotational guy, a guy who started at points in his career, he's pretty good, right? Especially as a third edge rusher. And then just looking at kind of their, the Bears' like worst free agent signing, I mean, I would go ahead and say Damien Williams from Kansas City because ultimately you look at it and it's just like, yeah, Damien Williams is a guy who's a Super Bowl hero, but then again, it's just like, I don't see the point in investing in a running back, right, who I believe is like 30 years old at this point, when you have a guy like Artavius Pierce there, a younger player back there, because ultimately like – Damien Williams, right? There's just too much tread on his tires right now. You know, he's going into like his, I believe it's ninth season in the league. So ultimately, that was a signing that I was like, okay, what's up with this signing? Knowing that you do have some younger talent like Pierce that I just mentioned a moment ago that you could go ahead and just insert into the lineup as your third guy. Well, I look at it and, you know, there's, I've actually, to be completely fair to Ryan Pace, I've actually been pretty decently happy with this offseason just for one simple fact, and that's that, at least in terms of his approach, and that's that he hasn't kicked even more future money into this year, hurting them in the future. I, I think that's a big thing, but in terms of my favorite signing, I mean, really, <laughs> Uh, I guess there's two, uh, you know, one re-sign would be Cairo Santos. I know that sounds kind of funny, but I, I do think it's like they finally figured out their kicking position. You know, they finally got that situated. I'm glad that they brought him back. Uh, you know, and I'm kind of going to go the opposite of you say it here. I, I actually really liked the da- Damian Williams signing. And, you know, it's one of those situations where the Bears have really lacked depth at the running back position for a while. And, yes, you know, a guy like Artavis Pierce, could make some sense. Uh, personally, I would rather have him on the roster over Ryan Nall. I've never understood the fascination with Ryan Nall, with fans, with with uh, the organization as a whole. I just, you know, so, you know, Williams is is a, is a nice move there. And really, here's the thing. It's going to be at vet minimum, so I'm, you know, I'm not really that worried about it. You know, again, th- these are all pretty conservative signings. It is what it is. Uh, you know, for my least like signing, I mean, I, I think it's been pretty obvious if you listen to this podcast, and that's Andy Dalton. And it's not because it is Andy Dalton, but it's because the Bears had one real goal this offseason, and that was to improve the quarterback position and not just, you know, minutely improve it, but actually go out and improve the quarterback position. And, yes, the draft is still there. Yes, the possibility of trading for Russell Wilson is still there. But let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you do trade for Russell Wilson. All of a sudden, not only are you giving up those picks and you're paying a guy, you know, paying a guy like Russell Wilson, even if you restructure the contract, you're still looking at probably 11 or 12 million in terms of a cap hit this year. But then you're also looking at the Andy Dalton signing where seven of that $10 million is guaranteed. And because of the way that they structure that contract with the two void years, it ends up being a situation where did you really just pay $10 million for a quarterback? Did you really just guarantee a guy $7 million to be a backup quarterback or to be a tradable quarterback if that would be a situation that Seattle would want? So, again, I preach this for a long time. I think Ryan Pace has a tendency to panic. 
And again, you know, you look at what San Francisco just did. They just traded up for a quarterback. Now they're talking about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be here. He's going to be the starting quarterback. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard that from the Bears organization itself? It's all talk right now. I, I just, I feel like if Ryan Pace would have been patient and he would have waited it out a little bit, I think that a similar option, if not a better option, would have become available that would have made more sense. Thus, signing Andy Dalton to a one-year $10 million deal and giving him $7 million guaranteed that early in free agency still makes zero sense to me. Aaron, you pretty much took what I was going to say as well. I I did like the Damian Williams signing just because they needed the depth at running back. I thought maybe going with a running back in the draft um, day three might have made some sense uh, just because it's a pretty solid running back class. Overall, I really don't mind the Williams signing. I do agree, though, that Artavius Pierce should get some more run, especially over Ryan Nall. I, I just, like you said, I don't see, you know, maybe he does something spectacular in special teams that none of us see, but I just, I don't get the fascination with him, especially coming in. How many times was he in on a third down last season? And the play was either blown up or he committed a penalty or just kind of went nowhere. So nothing against Ryan as a person, pretty nice guy, but, I mean, you know, I'd rather Saratavis Pierce take his reps. And then, you know, Danny Williams, not a not a bad option to go with there. You know, as far as the worst one, again, Aaron, I'm, I'm with you on that. Just Andy Dalton, just because of the hype that we had with Russell Wilson, and we also felt like um, Ryan Pace panicked a little bit and kind of went out and got a guy that, you know, you maybe could have had last year a little cheaper um, and also a guy that's really not going to move the needle for me in terms of the quarterback position. So, you know, I'll go with Andy Dalton as my kind of least favorite signing, but overall, I mean, I'm pretty happy with what they did. I'm happy they brought back Mario Edwards. I I thought he, you know, proved himself as to be a a solid role player last season and someone that can come in and contribute alongside Blau Nichols, Akeem Hicks and and getting Eddie Goldman back as well. So I'd have to go with him on on defense. It's another good, good signing. Um, in my eyes, and I do like the depth they got at an inside linebacker more than I did. I don't think it's great, but going into this offseason, I thought, man, my God, their inside linebacker depth was going to be awful. Um, I still think they addressed that in the draft as well. Um, you know, we'll do one more question here before we kind of wrap things up, and this kind of has to do with the draft. Now that the Bears have made some free agency moves, and, you know, let's say they make one or two more free agent signings. I think they'll go to strong safety. You know, Tayshawn Gibson should be back. What are the biggest needs for the Bears, and in what position do you have them addressing at number 20 overall? And maybe kind of throw out a few players at, at that position as well. Um, you, you said you could start with this one. So the two biggest needs right now, obviously, are going to be quarterback number one and then offensive tackle. And I'm not going to expand too much on the QBs because we know, like, okay, so – you have in round one, you have Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and then Trey Lance that are going to be three likely options for the Bears. I would argue that Lance and Jones are going to be more realistic than any of the other three guys, right, which would be Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields. Um, in terms of day two, the QBs, right, they could go ahead and take a guy like Davis Mills, Jamie Newman, or Kellen Mann. After that, the drop-off is kind of significant in terms of, like, QBs that you're even going to take a flyer on. But the second big need is offensive tackle. And I think that if the Bears decide, you know what, we're not going to go ahead and draft a quarterback in round one, you got to beef the OL up. Because there's five or six, I want to say, guys that should be going in round one alone. 
just because this is that deep of an offensive tackle class. So I'm looking at guys like, you're not getting Panesa well, right? But Rashawn Slater, Christian Derisaw, uh, Liam Eikenberg's my personal favorite. And then another guy in round two that I think could possibly make sense for the Bears, right, would be a guy like uh, Dylan Redunes, right? But ultimately, going back to the 20th overall pick here, like I would say if you're going to go offensive tackle, right, which is – Honestly, I think that's more of a realistic option for the Bears. Then you got to get your hands on Derisaw or Rashawn Slater or Eichenberg, one of those three, because then you have that building block that you're going to be building around on the OL for like the next couple of years. Yeah, just kind of uh, for me, I, I think uh, the biggest need is has to be offensive tackle. That has to be their their goal at. 20th overall and maybe they could try to trade back from there and try to get some more draft picks but I personally would advise against that because these offensive tackles it's such a loaded class and you could say like oh well we can get a guy later in the draft well these guys are going to be flying off the board really quickly once they start getting picks so you want to get if you identify a guy that you like at 20 just go go get him you know just don't get try to get cute give the offensive tackle and, you know, some of the names I'm looking at here, I, I think, uh, you know, Sewell, he's going to be gone. He's definitely going to be going to at least Cincinnati. He's the latest he'll go. I think Slater and Derrissaw are going to be off the board by the time we get to 20. I think the Chargers are going to want to get a tackle in there. Um, and, you know, Dolphins could probably get a tackle as well. Washington's a player for a tackle. Uh, Las Vegas, after what they did with their offensive line, they're going to be in play for a tackle as well. You know, like I said, these offensive tackles are going to be flying off the board. So if you're going to get one, get one quick. Uh, the three names I'm looking at there, uh, my first option would be Samuel Cosme out of Texas, very athletic, uh, good pass protector. Um, and, you know, the kind of the upside to him is, you know, if you do draft him in the first round, you know, he's going to need some development, but I think he can't survive as a starter in year one. So that would allow you to move on from Charles Leno, uh, even cut him in, in camp, really, if you want to uh, go that direction, save some cap space there. Um, so I look at Sam Cosme with that pick. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, he's a right tackle out of Oklahoma State. He's quickly been rising up my board as one of my favorite guys in this class. He's just, uh, I mean, he's just, he's mean. He's 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 really fun to watch on tape. Like if you have a chance, go watch him against Texas. He's uh, it's probably one of the most fun tapes you'll ever see for an offensive lineman in this draft. Um, then Dylan Redunds, I think he's, I think I was impressed with what I saw at the Senior Bowl from him. So he'd be an option for me there as well. So, yeah, if I'm the Bears, I'm looking off at the tackle in the first round, and those are the three names for me that I think they should be uh, going after. Well, I think you guys have pretty much nailed it. I, and it's it's kind of frustrating because I, I think we can all look at this this team and look at their needs and say offensive tackle is a big one because obviously Bobby Massey's gone. I don't think they have a solution at right tackle yet. But then at the same point, you've got a guy in Charles Lone Jr. who's actually going in the last year of his deal. So if you do not get your future at one of the tackle positions in this draft or, you know, through trade or free agency, which is highly unlikely to happen at this point in time, then you're looking at a situation next year where not only do you have nobody in the pipeline, which they haven't had in the last few years, but you're looking at a situation next year where you've got to replace both offensive tackles. And, you know, that was kind of a big thing this year for a lot of fans where they're like, okay, well, the Bears need two offensive tackles if they're really going to improve the line. That was never realistic because it's hard enough to go out and sign one guy or draft one guy and, and really find that solid replacement 
for one of those offensive tackles, it's damn near impossible to switch up the entire offensive line, especially at the tackle position, and replace two in one offseason, which is exactly what the Bears would be looking at if they do not make a move at tackle. But, I mean, it seems like all the talk so far, I mean, if you, if you read Biggs, if you read some of these other guys, it doesn't really seem like they're as focused at tackle as they should be. So while I think that they should go tackle at 20, I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm going to say receiver. Um, I'm not really a giant fan of usually taking receivers in round one. I think it could be receiver or, or corner at this point in time. Uh, Rashad Bateman somebody that I guess maybe I'm a little higher on than he's kind of, you know, it's one of those I've seen him in, mocked in the first round. I've seen him mocked in the second round. I have a first round grade on him. I think he would make a ton of sense, especially if you're looking at a you know long-term replacement for Allen Robinson at this point. Kadarius Toney's another one. The big thing with him that I kind of worry about is just overall structure as a receiver. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was more of a playmaker than an actual receiver. So you're talking about route trees. You're talking about the different things that you're going to have some questions on there as well. And then I guess it really, I mean, if you're going towards the corner route, which is, again, something that they're probably going to have to look into, uh, there's going to be – there's definitely some interesting names out there. Uh, you know, I I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those, again, it's it, it's one of those situations you look – I mean, the last time the Bears took a corner in the first round was Kyle Fuller, and now you're looking at possibly having to go back and, and replace him. And, you know, there's a lot of names out there right now. Um, it, I would say probably J.C. Horn is the one that would probably make the most sense to me, assuming that he's still J.C. or Jace, whatever. Uh, it w- would probably make the most sense um, if, if he's there around 20 because, again, I mean, I, I think – guy like Farley's probably going to be gone. Sertan's probably going to be gone. Um, so those are probably three names. Again, I'm not as deep into the draft as, as, as you guys are. Um, I've been way behind. But I do think in terms of positional value and, and looking at what they actually need, I think the top three needs going into this draft class are offensive tackle, receiver, and corner. I just hope that Ryan Pace doesn't defy logic again and start getting too smart for his own good and, and, and make the wrong pick because realistically this is a very deep tackle class and the Bears really need at least one tackle, so get it done. Yeah, with mine, you know, I think it's either going to be offensive tackler or defensive back. Um, I'll go defensive back just because um, offensive tackle is already mentioned. And I do think, you know, Sertan's probably going to be gone, but if he's a guy that fell, you jump right out there and, and you grab him. Um, Farley's another guy that likely would be gone. You know, someone like Newsom out of um, Northwestern would be an ideal um, fit if he's there. Uh, J.C. Horn, Asante Samuel Jr. also, you know, options if they want to go that route. But, yeah, I just think, you know, defensive ta- – or defensive – back, I'm sorry, not defensive tackle, would make some sense um, just because maybe you could find an offensive lineman that falls to the second round. You know, I wouldn't be opposed with an offensive tackle. Um, I wouldn't be opposed with a wide receiver either. Those are kind of the three that I'd, I'd, I'd focus in on the most. And I could just see if you could pair one of these stud defensive backs that maybe falls in the draft with Jalen Johnson, then you got your two guys for years to come. You can address offensive tackle and wide receiver with your next couple picks. Uh, mix in a quarterback as well. But I, th- I think it's going to be defensive back or offensive tackle with, with wide receiver kind of trailing here um, in third. But either way, they got to get a playmaker. They got to get someone that can come in and start and be an impact player, you know, right away. Uh, well, guys, that, that should wrap things up. Um, I'll give you a chance here to say where everyone can follow you on Twitter. Um, Aaron, we'll start with you. Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL and read my work on thebayreport.com. Yep, and then uh, you said. So you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Kolshaw. Also, check out my work on the Bear Report and check out the Picks for Pace podcast on Twitter as well. That's at Picks for Pace. Yep, and then Andrew. 
Yeah, you can follow me at AJ Freeman 25. You can find my work on the Bear Report. If you're looking to keep updated on pro days in the next few weeks, you know, I've been busy with updating on pro days and getting involved with that. So we have our updates out there on the pro on the uh, Bear Report right now. So if you want to check that out, go ahead. You know, a lot of good information that we're getting from these pro days over the last few weeks or so. Yeah, and then uh, you can just follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can read all of our work on the Bear Report. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast on all major podcasting platforms as well as the Picks for Pace podcast. And until next week, everyone, please stay safe. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.